Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, As we head into the holiday season, now 18 months into the pandemic, are we witnessing the last gasp of the coronavirus in the Bay Area? The short answer is no one knows for sure. The possibility of new variants is a wild card, as is the behavior of people as COVID fatigue sets in. But there are some really good signs. Among other positives, vaccination is not only rising, but could include young children soon. Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday, our pandemic guide, as always, is here. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing great, Damien. How are you? I'm good, Aaron. I'm so excited. When you step back and try to give us the big picture moving forward, how should we be feeling now 18 months in? Uh, Exhausted. I think everybody's feeling really tired. You know, I think I definitely see people are feeling tired, but I think people should and are feeling very hopeful. Um, I, you know, we had a pretty big setback with the Delta surge. Um, I think people were disappointed by that. We felt like we were on such a good track. Um, We opened up everything on June 15th and it was like, yeah, we're going to have the summer of our lives. And obviously that didn't work out. But I think, you know, we're kind of rebounding from that, that that surge is starting to wane. Um, And, you know, as we kind of peer out into this, you know, ongoing uncertain future, I think, you know, as disappointing as that was, we can, you know, take these kind of baby steps and feel feel more hopeful, you know, with, you know, each kind of month ahead of us. Um, there's just there's a lot that's working in our favor, even if there remain a lot of things that we just we still can't, you know, can't be clear about. It feels like just yesterday, Aaron, that on this very show, we were talking about the holidays, what people should do, how they should behave. Should they trick or treat? What about Thanksgiving dinner? Looking back, what's different now this year? Well, obviously, compared to last year, the main thing that's different is vaccination, right? So we have huge vaccination rates in the Bay Area. Um, and that's just, you know, that that's going to be the game changer this year. Um, we're not going to see a surge at all like what we saw last year. Um, and and I think people should take a really great comfort in that because last year was awful. Last fall and winter was really disastrous. I just did the math recently, and we had about 3,000 deaths from COVID in the Bay Area um, over the the winter, kind of December to February period, which is basically half of all the total deaths throughout the pandemic in that one three-month period. So that kind of gives you a sense of just how bad that surge was for us. And these vaccines are so great at preventing death, from preventing severe disease and death, that right out of the gate, we won't see anything like that, right? So we won't see our hospitals just crammed full. We won't see deaths anything like we saw last year. So, you know, even though pretty much everybody expects that we will see an uptick, we will see some kind of swell or surge in cases um, this winter. Uh, it's it's just it's not going to be anything like last year. And, and people should feel really, really good about that. All right. Can I actually hand children individual candy bars? You know, that's a really good question. Um, 
Probably not quite. Um, you know, we're hoping that the, that five to 11 year old age group is going to get eligible for vaccines as early as next as, as October. But, you know, they won't be even if they, they're kind of jump the gun and really get on top of it, they won't be fully vaccinated until well after Halloween. Um, so you probably want to like wait on that with the little kids. Um, but, you know, it's I think this year we can talk about how do you safely get together with with grandma and grandkids for Thanksgiving. You know, we can talk about having Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa celebrations with cross-generational families. Like last year, it was just don't do that, right? I mean, every it's just stop signs everywhere. It's not allowed to the point where, you know, we were straight up forbidden from doing that, you know, by various health orders. This year, we shouldn't expect any of that. And now the conversation is, okay, how can you do that safely? How can you get, you know, the 90-year-old great-grandmother together with the three-year-old, you know, great-grandchild and and have them, you know, be in the same space and hug and kiss and have everybody be safe? And that's, again, you know, even if maybe people have to do that outside or maybe they decide to do that with masks on or they take other precautions, just the fact that that is an option and on the table, I hope people do take a great a great comfort from that. All right. I, I feel like I stumped you a little bit with the candy question, though. Aaron. You really did. Um, that was a good one. All right. So so right now, Aaron, what's going right in the Bay Area? The Bay Area is doing better than a lot of places. What are we doing well? So we're doing really well with our vaccination rates. We're definitely much higher than a lot of other parts of of the country, even other parts of the state. Um, I think in general, you know, in some places we're looking at well over 75% of the total population. And that's including even the little kids who aren't even eligible yet. So of everybody in, in a community, you know, there are places where it's 75% or higher. Marin County is like almost 100% of all eligible people are vaccinated. So that's that's doing great. Um, and even though we have a lot of that kind of COVID fatigue that's really settling in and people are getting a little twitchy, we, of course, had, you know, Mayor Breed out celebrating without a mask on. And we've seen, you know, some of that kind of behavior. I think in general, people are still, you know, on board with, with our public health kind of efforts, um, their understanding of it. They're kind of ready to go along with it. Um, you know, we have things like, you know, you have to show proof of vaccination to go inside a lot of venues and places around the Bay Area. Um, you know, in San Francisco, that's happened a couple of other places. We have a lot of vaccine mandates that are really increasing vaccination rates from there. So in that sense, you know, we just kind of have a long track record of people sort of willing and even eager to kind of go along and do what needs to be done to prevent the spread. And then we have that really good uptake of, vaccina- of vaccines. That's Those two things are, are going to be huge, huge things in our favor. And we haven't seen things that I think some people worried about, things like big school outbreaks or outbreaks at out, outdoor events like sporting events. Right. So children came back into school, you know, in, in August, really. And I think we were all hopeful that we will be able to control that and know what to do, but kind of a little bit uncertain. And we now have kind of enough time there that we, yeah, we haven't seen, you know, any big outbreaks. We haven't had any, I don't think any school closures from COVID. We've had, you know, a couple, a couple of small outbreaks, certainly, um, you know, a little bit of evidence of, of in-class transmission. I think uh, in San Francisco this week, uh, a health officer said that they'd had, I think a total of like 10, proven in in school in class um, cases where somebody became infected, you know, in a classroom exposure setting, which, you know, is not many out of how many, you know, 50,000 plus students and and, you know, they've been back in school for a few weeks. So I think, again, we should be really reassured that clearly the the efforts we put in place, you know, the universal masking for students, 
um, and and the testing and getting all the teachers vaccinated, that these things really do help a lot. And and we are able to control this disease in that classroom setting. So, yeah, the kids can go back to school safely even before they're vaccinated. And you expect the the vaccine to extend to young children soon, next month, the month after? Yeah, so it's been kind of back and forth. We've been hearing as early as as end of October, but there's some talk that it may be more like November. So, you know, I mean, definitely people think that before the end of this year. And you get the sense there's probably going to be a real big rush, like a, a lot of parents eager to get their kids vaccinated in that first go. It's hard to say how many, though, in the end are going to really go for it. Um, it could be really high numbers. Um, it could be that, you know, we get a lot of parents that aren't feeling super excited about it. So that's that's a big question that remains to be seen. All right, let's take a quick break. I do want to ask you when we come back about what gives you pause still as we move forward, some worries that you have. We'll be right back on Fifth and Mission with Aaron Alday. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support this show and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bullwood, joined by Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday. We're talking about the larger outlook for the coronavirus moving forward. Aaron, we are not out of the clear as you've been writing sort of over and over. There are some things to watch out for. What are they? So the number one thing is is a variant, probably. You know, we talk about this all the time, and I think now we're all pretty well burned by Delta kind of sneaking in there and just completely changing, you know, the the kind of course of this pandemic. We thought we were in the clear, and then Delta came along and really upended things. So, you know, we're rightfully concerned and sort of watchful for what might be, you know, the next variant, um, and especially one that could escape our vaccines. So if a variant emerges somewhere in the world that really makes our vaccines not work very well, that would be the one huge wild card that could completely undermine everything. So that that's the one thing that could kind of put us back into a really, a really bad space in this pandemic. I will say nobody I talked to is you know, nobody wants to rule it out, but it's, I can't say that it's something that's on like the the forefront of of you know the experts I talk to their minds. It's not something that keeps them up at night necessarily. It's just sort of in the back of their heads. But the things there there are other things that that could be problematic. Um, most people think we'll get the flu back this year. So last year we were under such, such kind of tight you know, COVID mitigation, you know, basically under lockdown for a lot of the flu season, that there was no flu season um, because nobody was interacting and everybody was masking up and everything that stops COVID also stops the flu. Um, This year, we're definitely all going to be out and about more often. Even if we're wearing masks, you know, we're going to be interacting. Um, Flu loves to spread in schools. So it's kind of hard to say if this kind of same masking behavior and what's stopping COVID outbreaks in schools, if that's also going to work for flu. You know, we'll find that out. But most people I talk to seem to think we will be dealing with flu to some degree this winter. And then, you know, we just don't know how much people can put up with this human behavior question is is sort of a real it's a real conundrum um you know everybody's exhausted even in the bay area people as we talked about people are exhausted and you know i think what's happening is people are starting to make their kind of own risk evaluations um that take into account that they're tired of this that they miss people they miss friends they miss family they want to travel um they want to 
you know, they want to take their masks off in places and, and kind of do things that maybe put them at risk. And there's just some acknowledgement that that's, you know, we're going to be dealing with that this winter. And especially as it gets colder and people are back inside, you know, and they can't maybe use some of those easy, you know, opportunities to to reduce the spread of disease that, you know, we're we're probably going to see some effects from that, that people are going to get sick because, you know, they're just sort of getting a little bit lax in their behaviors. Sure. What about vaccine durability? You you write about this both in terms of, of variants or just with the passage of time as as we get further and further away from when we've had our shot. Yeah, that's definitely one really big question mark is we know for a fact that there is some waning immunity from our vaccines. Um, we don't know what that means exactly. Um, it's a little bit unclear. I mean, we it, it seems to be that at least people a little bit more vulnerable to these these so-called breakthrough infections. So getting getting infected with COVID after being fully vaccinated. Um, it seems like, I mean, we have pretty good evidence now that at least for older adults, that they can be more at risk of severe illness um, after about six to eight months, um, you know, post-vaccination. So, you know, they definitely want to get boosters. But this is, you know, these vaccines have really been only in wide use for, you know, less than a year. The first vaccines really only went out in December of, of 2020. And so a lot of this stuff, we just don't know how it's going to play out, right? Like we, we can't have the science until the time has actually passed to see how these vaccines hold up. So it's kind of anybody's guess as to, you know, what what that's going to look like and how if, if we do see sort of some waning immunity, how that kind of plays out across the community when you get large numbers of people who are all sort of you know, going through that at the same time, does that mean that we'll see, you know, more breakthrough cases? We'll see kind of more spread of disease among people who are vaccinated. Um, we just we just don't know. And so I don't think anybody's like super worried about this um, because, again, we have a lot of really good evidence that these vaccines hold up really well against preventing severe disease. Um, but it is definitely a big question mark um, how much that kind of waning immunity is going to factor into what like if we'll see a winter surge. All right, Aaron, I have another holiday question, actually. Let's see if I can stump you again. What about holiday office parties? Holiday, that is, that's a good one. That's definitely a stumper. Um, I think, so I'm I'm going to tell you most of, a lot of the health officers would say don't do it. We're not, we're not there yet. Um, it's probably not a great idea. But, you know, I think there is an acknowledgement now that people, you know, there are ways to do those things that are safer. Um, and if you in your office environment decides that a holiday party is really important, that people really want it, that you need it for morale, that that for whatever reason, this is, you know, a really big part of your company culture, there are ways to do it that are safer. So first of all, you make sure everybody who's there is va- is vaccinated. You know, you confirm that all those employees are vaccinated. You hold the event outside. Um, you can maybe ask that everybody wear masks anyway. So the point is, like, there is a way to do it. I would suspect that most of our health officers would say, let's not do that just yet. We're not quite at, like, the party stage yet. But, you know, I think that almost all of them would say, you know, there are ways to do it that aren't a terrible idea. <laughs> we may not be at the party stage yet, Aaron, but I, I do feel like we are past the Zoom cocktail stage. I, I think we're past the Zoom cocktail stage just because people are tired of sipping drinks on videos. It's like, 
like enough enough of that for sure. Um, Enough, enough. I will say I definitely am at the meat in the beer garden stage. All right. You heard it from Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Aldi. We are in the beer garden phase of the pandemic. Aaron, thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having me again, Damien. Thanks to my guest today. She's Aaron Alday, Chronicle Health reporter. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening.